And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 40, the Tuka Rask episode. The Tuka Rask, you know that bad goalie in Boston? Yeah. You know that goalie that, 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 that should be traded, that, that quit on the team? That's this episode, Tuka Rask. I'm Evan Marinovsky, alongside Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. Connor, how we doing? Evan, doing very well. How you doing? I'm doing great. By the way, I didn't mean any of that about Tuka, because I know that people will take that clip and then it's play it be, later. Yep. We're going to get ready for the postseason. When the Bruins when the Bruins get to the cup final, they're going to just got replaying that clip. Yes. It's like a few years ago when I think it was the 2018 playoffs. They went to, they were the second seed. They played, that was the first year they played the Maple Leafs in the first round with this current crew. And they played the ad with Felger saying how the young guys, you know, the young guys, and they'll play that. Maybe they'll make a commercial out of that clip and be like, damn, see, they, they doubted Rask. And then boom, he won a cup. So, We'll see what ends up happening, obviously, uh, with that great performance uh, Tuesday night out of him. 32 save shutout. Uh, not too bad out of, out of him. Um, so, obviously, five straight, as we record this, five straight W's for the Bruins, um, which, again, if just as I said on Bruins beat a few weeks ago, would have seemed crazy, um, considering they hadn't put together two straight good performances in, like, months, it felt like. Um, so, obviously, now things are doing Doing much better, that is for sure. Um, so uh, we'll start with this. We'll start with uh, we're gonna we're gonna pour some water on, uh, on this let's, whole let's thing. Be, let's 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 be negative. To start yep, things let's, off. <laughs> let's be negative. Um, so obviously things are running well with this team. The first line scoring a bunch. The Krejci line looks uh, incredible. By the way, shout out to uh, the woman on Twitter who replied to your what should we call the Hall Krejci Smith line. Yes. And she said, call it the Red Bull line because Red Bull gave David, like gave David Krejci wings. That Jeez. is, that, that is the one that wins. <laughs> there, that there, is, was a, there was a couple other good ones, but that one went far away. Like there was, of course you got the ones who would just be like, uh, we call it the second line, which is like hilarious. You guys are, I, I love the deadpan <laughs> humor or there was like line to electric boogaloo, which on the electric boogaloo line will always crack me up, but no far and away. The Red Bull line is, is the best one at that whole mix. I'm always jealous of people a little bit who can look at something and immediately like look at a, uh, kind of on the spot, think of a hilarious or very clever, name or joke for something like for me it always comes like five minutes later or 10 minutes later like oh it'll come when i'm like you know driving somewhere and i'm like oh that that's the one like i would never look at have looked at that tweet because i looked at that tweet and i really tried to think like it would be a funny name for it and i couldn't think of one but i assume she just looked at the tweet and then said oh red bull line because it gives them wings or maybe she mm-hmm. was like drinking a red bull and she was I like mean, it, it just oh. works perfectly yeah, no, it really, it really, uh, it well, really also, and cool. also, uh, friend of the pod, ETD51 also came in hot with, uh, submission was the David Krejci, uh, quote, why the fuck did you wait until the last year of my contract when I was almost 35 to get me real NHL wings after giving me expired cat food for the last eight years and quote line. So that was also a submission, um, there is some truth to it. However, I don't think one, you're going to get that on a lot of like the, the Chirons for like the NBC broadcast, like perfection line. We don't like it, but it's going to be on the broadcast. Right? We're, we're bracing for it. However, like, I don't know if you're going to fit all that on one broadcast angle. So 
I don't know. That's pretty catchy. That could, that could easily be a t-shirt. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, some dude from Gloucester is absolutely going to like print that on a t-shirt and sell it on, on the corner right outside halftime pizza. But, uh, on ter- in terms of the broadcasting, a little bit tougher, but he'll be like EDT. He'll be like EDT. Please tweet this out. I know your followers will, will, will buy this shirt. Please tweet it out. Um, yeah, I, I, it's funny. The Red Bull, I wonder, I, I'm very like, I, I, I would die if I turned on the NBC broadcast and saw like, oh, we're calling the Red Bull line now. Like, holy shit. We knew how that started. Like, just Twitter, um, trendsetters. Talk about that. Trendsetters. Um, but so all these things are going well. What is your top concern right now, though? Yeah, I think, uh, there's two that, uh, stick out to me. And again, we're, we're saying this knowing full well that, Top two lines are playing great. The fourth line, I think, has been fantastic since Lazar has been there. And give credit to, I think, uh, you know, Carly's done well, but I think especially Chris Wagner's playing really good hockey uh, over the last week plus. Um, areas of concern, I think, fairly obvious one has to be that third line, right? I mean, uh, that's a line that where you've got your top six clicking very well right now. You've got them drawing a lot of these matchups. Ideally, you would think that a third line where you have Coyle uh, in the middle and two guys that were top six guys prior to this that have top six talent uh, in Nick Ritchie and Jake DePrusk, you saw them further down the lineup against easier matchups. You'd imagine the goals would come, right? Or you would at least get more consistent production where they're afforded those those easier looks. And so far, that really hasn't happened. Now, granted, there's been they've had some chances, right? I think DePrusk had seven shots on goal. Uh, during Tuesday's win over Buffalo, especially uh, last week, they had a couple of really good grade A looks and just didn't uh, pan out. So there's been chances, but also it's been kind of few and far between, right? They're getting uh, a whole ton of offensive zone time uh, and not having much to show for it in terms of tangible production. Um, so that's a line I think you definitely need to get rolling. I mean, we've we've talked about this for years now, right, of you know how good this lineup can be when you've got um, – that third line really clicking as you saw in the 2019 postseason. So they have to, whether it be shuffling those guys up or just sticking with it and hoping they break through, they got to correct that. Um, and then the other one I'd say is just fixing that top power play unit, which uh, so far they really haven't clicked recently. I don't know whether that means you switch that personnel up and, you know, maybe it's Hall goes in and you switch Marshan to the net front, but they need to have, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to have the power play they had, the last two, three years, which is a top three unit. But even if you're a top seven, eight uh, unit, and you're able to cash in a little bit more. That makes, you know, so much more of a difference with this offense. Cause you're getting, you're finally getting five and five offense, which is great, but now your, your power play is kind of dying out. So that's one that I'm not too concerned with. I think that the talent is too good to have it, you know, not click. Right. And, you know, they haven't really had much time to practice, but uh, I think those are the two areas of need that, especially that third line, you need to get them rolling for the playoff stat. Yeah, you know it's funny. I don't remember who tweeted this Tuesday night, but it was a good tweet, and and I'm I'm blanking on who who did it. Um, but they made a good point with the third line, and it's like you know, obviously everybody wants Coil to start producing and all that stuff, but you can't fully blame him though because the Bruins basically just gave the two wingers who Krejci couldn't work with and couldn't get going, and then said, "Hey, Coil." you try to get them going. Um, so I don't know if, if it, like I, I, it, you need more out of coil, 
But I also don't think it's it's hard to fault him completely because again, DeBrusque has been as inconsistent as he's ever been in his career. And then you have Nick Ritchie, who you know has produced well this year, but five on five again has not been you know is not really a guy you see kind of uh, being the spark plug for a line that's that hasn't been getting going. Uh, but yeah, third line is absolutely an area of concern. First power play unit area of concern. I also think Carlo. You need Brandon Carlo back, um, and you need him healthy. And again, you you hope that come playoff time, there's not a scenario in which he gets hurt in the middle of a round. You know, again, you haven't had to deal with that in a few years now. And in 2019, I mean, Carlo played the best he's ever played. Um, and he was a huge, huge reason you got to that Stanley Cup final. Um, and so I think you need him. You need him to solidify that top four. Again, if you want to do, you know, if you want Krizlik and, and, uh, and McAvoy to be able to play together, you can't have Riley with Clifton. You need Riley with Brandon Carlo. Um, or if you want to do Grizzly Carlo and Riley McAvoy, like go yeah. for it. Um, but I do think you need Carlo to solidify that top four. And again, my guess is he comes back before the start of the playoffs. I don't think this is a scenario. I, I, I don't really see him not coming back for it. But again, you want him to be fully healthy and you want there to not have it be a recurring thing. Um, another interesting tidbit on the topic of concerns, Rask after Tuesday's game, talking about his own injury saying like, you know, it's not great, but it's enough to be able to play and stuff like that. You do wonder what the deal is with that. There was a play um, in his first game back where they rimmed it around the boards. I don't know if you noticed this. I didn't tweet it out because I don't want to speculate, but there was a play where they rimmed it around the boards and he went to hit it and he stopped it. But on his way back to the net, again, it's only a short trip from behind the net to the front of the net, but he grabbed at his back. And he kind of like winced and you do wonder if that's still there. And again, I think that's why it's a good thing. I mean, it's always a good thing that your prospect top prospect goalie is doing well, but it's an even bigger thing this year that Swayman's doing so well. So um, I think those are still areas of concern. Uh, but again, if you can lock those down, uh, the Bruins are a pretty good bet uh, to go far in the playoffs. But speaking of bets, speaking of bets, that was boom right there. Bet online. Connor, tell the listeners about bet online. Absolutely. Evan. Listen up, guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. The NBA is in full swing. Bruins hockey's returned. And yes, the Red Sox are back, and they keep on winning. Right to the World Series, apparently. And even if you guys haven't made it back to Fenway or the Garden just yet, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the players at play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to Bet Online and enter promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, no one beats that. You can't beat that. That is just not beatable. No, you cannot beat it. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Oh, there now. Go do all that. So uh, as for the East division, it is tightening up a lot more than I think it was a few weeks ago. Not the Bruins are doing well. Uh, what's so funny is I think we both had the Flyers finishing first. And yes, now it looks did. like they are going to be <laughs> they are, Yeah, they are <laughs> they not doing are dead. Well. <laughs> They're not doing so hot. So 
Uh, right now, Washington is at the time of recording this on Wednesday at 3.27 p.m. Washington is in first place with 62 points. Uh, the Islanders are tied with them for first with 62. The Penguins have 61, and the Bruins have 58. So the Bruins are a comfortable six points ahead of the Rangers, as well as having two games in hand. So you do, it doesn't seem like they're probably going to catch you. I think you should be fine in that regard. So it really comes down to who are you playing in the first round? That's, that's, and it, it seems like it's either going to be Washington or, or, or the Islanders. Um, just given that I think those are going to be the teams that finish in first and second place. Um, how about that first round matchup with Chara? Anyways, I'm curious where you think they're going to end up. Where are the Bruins? Where do the Bruins end up finishing in less than a month? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at just the way they're playing right now and the way some of these other teams have cooled off a little bit. I would not be surprised if they make a push towards one of those top two spots. Just when you look at one, uh, oh, there's a couple of different factors. One, the Bruins playing great right now, which is the biggest reason why. If they were treading water still, <laughs> they'd probably be stuck in it. You know, they'd be stuck in that full spot or they'd be worried about the Rangers catching up to them. Uh, but I think you look at that, look at the way the schedule maps out for them. I mean, going into this road trip, I think it was seven of their next nine games were against either the Buffalo Sabres or the Devils. And granted, Scott Wedgwood. <laughs> yeah, granted, the Devils have given you problems, but also, like, I think especially in the last two, three weeks, the Devils have been dreadful. Like, I think they've lost six in a row now. Like, they've completely bottomed out since they traded Paul Mary, um, who you don't have to worry about scoring against you now. Scott well, Wedgwood with the Islanders, you do. Yeah, exactly. Scott Wedgwood might still have, like, a 50-save shutout lined up against the Bruins. Uh, After he gives weeks. up a goal from center ice uh, Tuesday night. Exactly. Uh, but, again, you look at that schedule of seven on the next nine against the Sabres and the, and the Devils, gives you quite the runway to pile on points in a hurry. Uh, and I think you also have to look at just the games in hand that Washington, uh, New York, and Pittsburgh all have 46 games played. So do the Rangers, the team that you could view as being the team that's uh, right behind you, if you want to say, six points behind. Uh, the Bruins have 44 games played. So uh, in one respect, it means you're going to be very busy down the stretch, but also considering that these are teams like Buffalo and the Devils, it gives you a great chance to pile on those points in a hurry and climb back up. So even if a team like Pittsburgh is still, you know, six and four in their next 10, the Bruins very well could let, you know, pass them in the standings just because of these games in hand they have. So again, all of it is more in the, you know, the driver's seat for the Bruins in terms of how they take advantage of these uh, next, you know, seven games against Buffalo and the Devils. We've seen multiple times this year where the Bruins have, you know, scuffled against teams underneath them in the competition. I mean, the Bruins very well could be the ones he'd had. They just won one or two more of those games against the Devils, the ones that you kind of kick yourself at uh, looking back on them. But they're in a pretty good spot, though. I mean, they're you see how close those top three seeds are, and the Bruins are right behind them with the way they're playing and just the way the schedule's mapping out. I think they've got a chance to really make a push here. I think they finished third. I think that they ultimately... They play this. They pay, they actually play the Penguins uh, twice upcoming mm-hmm. uh, within the next four games. So I think they that's where they sort of use it to leapfrog. I don't think you get past the Islanders or the Caps in the standings, which is fine. You know, mm-hmm. you you comfortably got into the playoffs. So I think that they uh, they end up finishing third in the division. Will end up uh, the first two. I think are total toss ups, but I do think the the Bruins and the Islanders um, finish out the top four. Um, and again. It, 
whether you play the Islanders or the Caps, I think they're both hard series. I don't think there's a preference in one. I mean, the Capitals, obviously, I think are the easier out. Uh, just because, yeah. you know, as we've said, I think we said it on Bruins, Pete, slow D, uh, mm-hmm. worse goaltending, mm-hmm. um, not as good overall. Uh, whereas the Islanders have Barry Trotz and they're yeah. just, you know, very you know, structurally sound. Uh, the problem with the Caps, though, obviously, is, you know, gonna you don't cut, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you yeah. uh, physically. So, um, you know, you're going to be missing guys after round one, which is not exactly uh, what you want. So and, that uh, is. Oh, and, and also, sorry, not to jump in late, but um, I think also when you look at the scheduling, obviously the Bruins have a, a favorable schedule in terms of all those games against Buffalo and the Devils. But uh, it's not like the teams in front of you, like Washington or New York, are also playing, you know, the Flyers or, you know, the Rangers. They're all playing head to head. I think this upcoming week, as you're playing Buffalo and the Devils in those two games against Pittsburgh, Washington is playing three in a row against the Islanders. And then they play the Pittsburgh. So, like, if they're going 500 or even if they're trading wins and losses, that gives you plenty of room to also rise up in the standings as they're both kind of taking care of one another. So that's also another way the Bruins can kind of rise up in a hurry. They're they're going to beat the shit out of each other, which is just they, uh, just amazing. It's like it's like it's like Kong versus Godzilla. That's why you want like <laughs> you want the Islanders and the Capitals in the first round because they're both going to knock the crap out of each other. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I just watched it, by the way. Great movie. Um, I haven't seen I it yet. It Don't good. spoil it. I have to imagine I'm going to take a stab in the dog and say they're going to team up. This is what always happens in these movies. I'm not going to say. I can't say. Yeah. I don't usually watch these movies, but I do have HBO you Max. The, you watch The Da Vinci Code instead. Well, I didn't. Remember, I did not yeah. watch that movie. I, that, that got a lot of reaction. A lot of people commented on YouTube about that. A lot of people tweeted at me uh, separately and were like, it's a good movie. Don't listen to Connor or it's a terrible movie. I still have never seen it. I still have not. My roommates were like, Connor's an idiot. It's a great movie. We loved it. We watched the. I just find it so bizarre. That was like the the movie that you picked. Uh, Well, I didn't. Again, I didn't pick it. They want that. They did. I just said, you know what? Because I'm not like a. I feel like a mystery thriller. Watch like Knives Out or something. I watch the. Well, see, the problem is, I'm not a big movie guy. I'm not like a big movie buff. Like uh, one of my roommates, like has seen like every movie. So he is like an expert. You know, you name a movie, he's seen it. That is the polar opposite of me so um i am not as good at, at with all the movies but kong versus godzilla, or godzilla versus kong whatever the thing is on whatever that the, whatever the title cat is whatever that is uh i have hbo max and i was like you know it only streams till april 30th everyone's saying it's a good movie i'm gonna watch it and i really liked it so i was glad i did maybe i should start watching more of those um so now we get to the fun now we get to the fun um of this and i'm so glad you pointed this out on twitter this, uh wednesday morning because uh, today, Wednesday, April 21st. So you were listening obviously after, but is it is the one year anniversary of the Bruins 2011 zoom call where they all gathered around via zoom and, uh, watched Was it game seven against the Canadians yeah, or game seven uh, against game the Canucks? Seven against Canucks? Yeah. Game seven of the Canucks in the cup and the whole, pretty much the whole team was there. And obviously as a whole, it was an, it was hilarious. But I think when you go back to that moment, that was probably what a little over a month into the shutdown. Like everything was shut down. No one did anything. No one was leaving the house. Nobody was working. And that was the one moment in that whole time where I, I don't know if it felt normal, but like you got a ton of laughs out of it. You know, yes. it was great content. It was the first time that anyone had produced like funny, new fresh content in that whole time and it was such a pick-me-up 
And I think like as funny as it all was, when you really look back at it, that was so important. And we'll get into the MVPs and the funny stuff. But I think really, when you think about it, how just it was something to look forward to. It was something to uh, laugh at and talk about. And for us who tweet about the Bruins all the time, it was incredible content for the first time in over a month. So um, I don't know how you remember it, but that's sort of how I remember it. It's like a big funny moment that the city needed at a time like this. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, that was a month plus. Everyone was already weary from watching Tiger King and all that shit. You Tiger, know, King. Think, Tiger yeah. King, that was yeah. the one. Yeah, so like at that point, you know, there's the, I wouldn't say the novelty because you're in the middle of a, a global pandemic and still people didn't know when the light at the end of the tunnel was back then. But you look back at that time of just looking for any sort of yeah, semblance of normalcy or maybe just something to look forward to, something that was, you know, that was before the last dance, which I think was probably the thing afterwards people at least got hyped up about, you know. Forgot about that. Um, Or just anything that was kind of original programming that wasn't you combing through Netflix or HBO Go or anything like that to find something to watch. Uh, Didn't the Bruins have that 70s, uh, the 1970 team documentary that they, they did? did yeah, point? and I think that was I think that was in May. I want to say I, I want to say it coincided with like the 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 Cup final, which I think was in, in May of, of 1970. So uh, they had that as well. But I think yeah, it was I think just a, such a breath of fresh air. Uh, it. If there's one thing sports fans love, especially I think here in Boston with so many winning seasons and, you know, cult heroes and, and all that stuff, it's always good to go down memory lane. And it's one thing to replay the the game or it's to have a documentary where it's, you know, scripted and it's, you know, the, the usual interviews and stuff like that. But to have these guys kind of unfiltered on a Zoom call, uh, you know ripping each other as, as we we're going to go into in terms of kind of the highlights of it. Uh, I think it just felt like a very authentic unique angle that probably wouldn't be afforded to, you know, Bruins fans had not been in this kind of obviously less than ideal situation we were all in a year ago. So to have all these guys on zoom uh, watching the game as we all were probably not paying any attention to the game because we were just cracking up at these guys, at these guys ripping each other and having a good time. Um, It was, you know, one of the few highlights in a pretty miserable stretch there for a lot of people. So yeah, I think you look back on the last year that had to have been a highlight because I think everyone was just cracking up and enjoying it. it. It took you, it's one of the good things about sports, right? When, when things are going haywire, you're in a rough spot as many of us were, it just let you take a break for a few hours and laugh and, you know, have fun with fellow Bruins fans as you watch these guys who, you know, had an incredible run kind of relive those, those past memories. Oh, and it was, and as you said, it was hilarious. Um, yes. The whole thing. And I think that <clears throat> we'll get into sort of the MVPs of the whole thing. Um, but just, and I think that group was perfect for this. Like yeah. that 2011 team, again, we didn't cover it. We were too young. Sorry, guys. Mm. Um, I, if I told you how old I was in 2011, you would be embarrassed. I was, a, I think I was a sixth grader. I was, I was a, I was a wee lad. Uh, yeah, I was a little boy. Um, but, uh, nevertheless, uh, that team was fun and that team was very personality driven, kind of like the 04 Red Sox. In a sense, like they had that same sort of personality, like a lot of veterans, uh, you know, just that whole thing. And that showed out perfectly on this. So we'll go back and forth. Um, who do you think was the MVP of the Zoom call? Who do you think was the uh, 
I have to go with Gregory Campbell, who I think a lot of people going into it were expecting him to be the MVP. And dude, I think was pretty. I think he was late. I think he like jumped into like a little bit later, um, and just immediately started just ripping everyone. I mean, he calls out Brad Marchand, saying he's going bald. Uh, he's got he ripped, he attacks him for his March Milko thing, saying he's worth sixty million dollars. Why he's wearing likewise, he got to have his own clothing line. Uh, I think those two guys going back and forth was uh, the highlight. Just that dude just came in, woke up and chose violence, as they say. That dude just jumped <laughs> on the Zoom call and immediately started attacking everyone. Scorched earth, just like yes. everyone's going down today. Yeah. So I think based on one, just how good the back and forth was, and two, the fact that I don't think people were expecting Gregory Campbell. You go into expecting, you know, Mashand or a few of these other guys to be the guys leading the way. To have Greg Campbell come in hot there, I, I gave him as my MVP. He was great. Another one who was great, and this was pretty predictable, though, was Lucic. Yes. Lucic was awesome in this. Prussian wine. Uh, <laughs> Luch was just putting back bottles of wine. Um, and the best part was uh, it was funny to see how, like, they progressively got more drunk as the as the Zoom call went on. Um, but he, this was where Lucic gave the, the famous – like, uh, I killed the Sabres franchise line. Like, I, this is what we got you, Eichel. We like, I got you, Eichel. And, and this is why they've been in a hole ever since after he crushed Ryan Miller. Uh, I, you know, he totally screwed over the franchise. And I mean, he's right. But the beauty, the beauty of that was like, again, how right he was on that and how the Sabres have become a complete dumpster fire pretty much ever since that. Um, yes. the Bruins did a number. If you think about it, the Bruins did a number to the Sabres in the last decade where they beat him in the, the 2010 playoffs when they were the way lower seed, like they were not supposed to beat them and beat them in six games. Um, they had the Lucic incident. Uh, you had, um, uh, it was Paul, um, Paul Gostad fought um, Adam McQuaid or no, yeah. fought Lucic, I think after yes, the whole Miller yeah. incident and got yep. killed. Yes. Um, they were, they're probably forgetting some stuff too. Poor, uh, poor Buffalo. Like I'm sure that maybe, you know, that, I think a lot of just hockey fans were interested in watching how that zoom call was going to map out. And like, I, unless you were maybe like a Canucks fan or, you know, Montreal or something, you'd probably be interested in watching. I just, I just imagine a poor like Buffalo fan watching that and just catching a stray, like out of nowhere, like just get, just getting roasted halfway through. <laughs> the other funny part was, uh, Lucic's drunk toast to Tom, Tim Thomas. Yes. Uh, that was nice. pretty great too. That was, uh, that was something great. How Lucic remembers like all the stats. Uh, that, yeah, I that, that dude is apparently hilarious. a whiz in terms of like remembering. Like he just has like a catalog in his brain where he can just like pull out any any memory and just like go through it or, or like stats or anything like that. A guy like knows everything apparently. It sucks. There's no one on this current Bruins team that's like that. That that is like so knows all the stats. Knows you know follows everything. It'd be so cool if there was, but unfortunately there isn't. All right, who was another uh, notable? Notable person, MVP, not the MVP. Oof. Before you go, I will say There's Tyler Sagan's chair. Yes. Tyler Sagan's chair. When yes. Sagan got up for a long time and then the chair is just sitting there. Yeah. I thought that was just, that was awesome. That was too I mean, I mean, if we're talking about who's coming in hot, it had to have been Duke Rass, the only guy to get yeah. literally edited out of the video <laughs> for, for, certain, for a certain crass joke, uh, which we, we will not repeat on, on this podcast. No, we will but, not. We will not. But the reaction alone, which I think was my favorite like clip that I gypped, that I took from it of all of them being like, I think Bergeron's yeah. reaction is the best one, but uh, I think I think uh, Tuka Rass might have been the one who uh, made the biggest shockwaves with it, right? But I, yes. I mean, who, who else do you got? Because, um, you know, I, I think like I'm looking at the it's it, 
uh, I'm looking at the list of them now. Um, Eric Russo having to come in at the end and get everybody together. Yes. Like, come on, guy. Like, get a bunch of drunk <laughs> NHL vets. Like, hey, guys, like, we got to reel this in. Um, I remember clipping that and having the clips to like a lot of the stuff and being like, uh, there's no way that they post this. And then they did, but they edited yes. out the RAS comments. <laughs> um, and I remember, I remember like, I remember because we kept clipping stuff and tweeting it. And I remember the RAS comment came and I was like, I ain't touching that with a 10 foot pole. Like oh. you can, you can, you guys can keep that. If someone tweeted out like all means, but I ain't doing that. That was like the, uh, the video of Ovechkin on the bench in this last game when she was caught and it looked like a compromising <laughs> position. I saw that on the broadcast. I was like, I'm going to let like spoke Z as someone take that. <laughs> I'm not going to go. Ahead. I didn't see it for yeah, some I'm, reason. I missed it. And I saw that clip after and I was like that. Like, perfect. Yeah. I'm like, Nope. I, I'm going to let someone else uh, fire that one into the Twitter sphere. But see, what's funny is I'm kind of glad I didn't see that in the moment because my 22 year old <laughs> mind would have been like, Oh, this is Twitter gold. Man. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. And that's the problem is the immaturity kicks in and I'm like, shit, I should have, you know, I'd regret that after. Um, but yeah, th- those were the MVPs. I'm trying to think. I mean, Mar- Marshan just kind of sat there and took it. Marshan had a few. Marsh Marshan one where like Zidane Charles, like he hadn't moved for like like ten oh, minutes. He was like, you funny- put a wax figure up, and that was a good one. Chris Char- Kelly had a few good ones. Charles with the Greyhound bus. They were yes. take the Greyhound down to Florida because he said, "I'm in, no, I'm in Florida." And they're like, "Would you walk there? Yeah. Would you take your bike? You take the Greyhound?" So um, I thought that was pretty funny. Chris Kelly had a few good ones where he was like, "When Mar- uh, Bergeron retires, Martian's game was going to shit." Yes. Um, yes. So Chris, Chris Kelly, Chris Kelly saved his, but when when he uh, when he dropped the chirps, they were a couple of good ones. So, but again, you could go through that whole list. It was like Tim Thomas was an MVP just for showing up. Like I think people were like shocked that just Tim Thomas was there. So. Yes. Yes, uh, that was oh, another yeah. one that Thomas was there. Hort, no, with, with the no shows were Nathan Horton, which yes. was predictable. Um, and then Thomas Caberlet was there for like 10 minutes. Then was there. And, then, and then someone said he was delivering groceries. I think he's up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so. That was what it was. Yeah. They were great with the chirps. They were incredible with the chirps. It's tough, though, in those situations for a guy like Recky or Thornton or Sean Thornton, because they're like. I think Recky is an assistant coach and he was for the Penguins at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thornton is an executive with the Panthers, if I remember correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it is tougher for those guys because you have to be still professional. Whereas the other ones, it's uh, like, you shit. I, I don't know, man. I think Gregory, isn't Gregory Campbell like with the, uh, isn't he with the Blue Jackets? Is he? I think he's a development coach with the Blue Jackets. <laughs> oh, never mind. Um, unless, like, maybe he's not since then, but, like, I'm pretty sure he's with the Blue Jackets organization. So that dude was just going scorched earth as he's, like, still on the payroll. Yeah, no, then that then I'm wrong. That's hilarious, though. That is so funny. I didn't realize he was a player development guy. I, I want to say so. I'm sure we'll get – I'll get some notifications if I'm incorrect, but I'm pretty sure he's he's helping out with Columbus. He's the shot-blocking expert over there. He's the shot-blocking yes. coach. Um, but yes, the 2011 Zoom call was was immaculate. Um, the whole thing was perfect. I remember going into it thinking like this is gonna this might suck. Like without they'll, they'll it's gonna be very you know, PG PG very boring. Yep, not even nope. PG thirteen under that. But it ended up being rated R squared. Mac Recky broke out like the vodka orange juice like into the first intermission. I was like, oh god, where? Yeah. Oh no. Once you re- like, like once Lucic brought out the first wine bottle, I was like, all right, here here we go. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm looking at the picture right now of people um that was really it i i don't remember like Marshall much else johnny, johnny boychuck's flannel looked like a picnic table 
Yes, I, I pulled up the I pulled up the picture of the reaction to Rask's comment, and uh, Sagan's chair is just sitting there. Yes. I remember people replying to it with the chair, like that's that's perfect. So, uh, yes, the 2011 Zoom call was amazing. I always love uh, reliving that. I remember getting like I remember that happened, and I was like, "There's so much podcast content in this. Like, let's go for the first time in a month." But, um, anyways, uh, before we let you go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, we're going to be breaking down, obviously. Uh, I think we're going to start doing a lot of standings watch as we see how the Bruins can make up some ground against these teams like Washington, the Islanders, and the Penguins. Um, obviously, a couple of pivotal games against the Penguins coming up, which could probably be the biggest determinant of where the Bruins end up uh, once the playoffs start. So we'll be breaking all that down over at Boston Sports Journal. So subscribe at BSJ. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. For CNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky, Boston Sports Journal. That's Connor Ryan. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>